0: hey everyone um, when I was studying the Bible uh, something struck me you know when I was reading I read in uh, Genesis tw- 29 something that I hadn't really thought about before but it it really you know pricked my heart when i saw it it says then jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern peoples there he saw a well in the field with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well the stone over the mouth of the well was large when all the flocks were gathered there the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well jacob asked the shepherds my brothers Where are you from? We're from Haran, they they replied. He said to them, Do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Yes, we know him, they answered. Then Jacob asked them, Is he well? Yes, he is, they said. And here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the sheep. Look, he said, the sun is still high. It is not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. We can't, they replied, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the Well, then we will water the sheep. And when I when I read this, I was blown away at the parallels between that and the story of Jesus's resurrection. And you know, I mentioned last time this is Lent. Um, you know, we're uh, anticipating. Uh, Easter, we're anticipating the resurrection. That's the point of you know, giving this stuff up because you're supposed to be, you know, we sorrow now but celebrate later. And we look forward to not only celebrating Christ's resurrection, but also our own resurrection when Christ comes back. And when I read this, it all it it, it just like smacked me in the face. There's sometimes where I'll be reading scripture and I'm like, man, it's so powerful the way that some of these uh, verses, you know, they just blend in. But God took so much care that like hundreds and thousands of years later, his word's still relevant. Just random conversations become important theological concepts sometimes. And I think that's so Powerful and so wonderful to see how God works that way. You know, the deeper you dig into scripture, the more you see God's fingerprints all over it. And I thought, you know, Jesus refers to us as sheep all the time. You know, and that same well actually makes an appearance in scripture, it actually makes an appearance in uh, the gospels. And Jesus uh, alludes to it in a, in a way offhandedly, he stops there. It wasn't on their way. It was out of the way, but Jesus stopped there for a purpose. He found a woman at the well and he began to tell her about a, about who she was. He basically revealed to her all the secrets she was keeping and she became like the first missionary. She was one of the she was the first person that knew that Jesus was the Messiah. A woman. Not only was she a woman, but she was a Samaritan. And Jews and Samaritans were total enemies, especially religiously. So for Christ as God's son to tell this woman the uh, message of the kingdom, the message of his his uh, messianic uh, life before anybody else is really remarkable. And I really think that it's a call back to this uh, verse. I think that Jesus used this not only because the Samaritans... They believe in some of the Old Testament. They don't believe in all of it. But there is one thing that is in every major religion, Judaism, Christianity, uh, the Samaritans, a few that are left, and Muslims all agree on one thing. And that's this verse about Jacob's well. Jacob's Well is one of the most dangerous places in the world because it is sacred to all major uh, religions. And the reason is because the, the parallel that I pulled from this is they were talking about rolling the stone away from the mouth of the well. And then putting it back, and they said that it wasn't time to water the sheep, and they were waiting for the stone to be rolled away. They had to wait until all the sheep were there in order to roll the stone away. So when Christ, the Lamb of God, comes, and he's crucified and he rolls the stone away from his grave and he references it when he speaks to this woman at the well and says that he will give her living water that will will come up inside of her so she'll never thirst again i think that he was drawing our attention to this verse He was paralleling himself with this verse, and he was showing the world that everybody's included in this. When all of us sheep drink, we will never go thirsty. When all of us cling to Christ, we will never go thirsty when we drink from that well. When we share in his resurrection, when we share in what he's done for us, We are drinking from that well. We are finally gathering all the sheep and giving them water. And we will continue to do this until Christ comes back. And the fact that Jesus is coming back should not stop us from doing our job. We shouldn't say, well, he'll come back and whoever's left is left, whoever's not is not. We are called to bring the people to Christ because that's what God's waiting on. If you want to see Christ come back in glory, then you should be loving people. You should be bringing people to the well. You should be showing people who Christ is and that they will never go thirsty if they drink from that well. Another thing that I found significant is they said that they... Roll away the stone, the heavy stone, give the sheep something to drink, and then roll the stone back over it. Well, guess what? Christ's sacrifice was once and for all. The stone's been rolled away and never put back. We have that living water inside of our veins, inside of our hearts. And if we could just share that with somebody else, if we can offer them a drink we'll start to see this world change. We'll start to see people change. We'll start to be we'll start to see more acts of God. We'll start to see Christ working through more people. I want that. I want to see the things that God has for us. I want to see what it's like when we stop hating each other and start loving each other. I want to see what it's like when everybody starts filling up on that water. Can't wait to see what it's like when all the sheep are finally watered. So, if you're listening to this and you have the opportunity to, you know, share what Christ has done for you, that's one of the biggest things you can do. That really is one of the most important things you can do. Is your your testimony? It says in Revelation that uh, through the words of your testimony and through the blood of Christ. That's how Satan's defeated. You know, if uh, we really want to see this world change, we need to show them how Christ changed us. We need to give these thirsty people a drink. We need to show them what is, uh, what Jesus can do. And that starts with us talking about what Jesus did for us. So if you guys are hearing this, I hope this encourages you. I hope this, at the very least, encourages you to look at some of these uh, Old Testament verses more closely. That's one of my favorite things, is going back into the Old Testament and seeing you know, stuff that didn't used to make sense, stuff that I thought was just craziness, and how it blends so seamlessly into the New Testament. Whenever I hear people say, oh, the Old Testament God and the New Testament God are so different. They're really not reading the verses. You know, there's a lot that uh, is seamless transition. And I think that's important to uh, get into our hearts is that Christ is uh, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's not just uh, pops up one time dies and then disappears forever and now there's a bunch of Christians walking around. Jesus is the all in all, he's everything. He's the beginning and the end. And I think that when we start treating him that way and we start to, you know, read his word and we see, you know, the things that he applies to himself, the things that he references with his life and with his words, it's just so powerful and so enlightening and enriching to see you know that type of uh, thought that God put into the Bible, and um, you know He used uh, fallible men to do it. He used normal men to write the Bible, uh, but I've, you know, I've heard the saying that God can make straight line. God can make uh, straight lines with a. Uh, Crooked pens, and if we, you know, dig deep and we see God's provision over all of this, it's it's just another testament to how um, deep and how reliable the Bible actually is. Um, if uh, you're listening to this, uh, please, you know, hit the subscribe button or the follow button whatever it is uh whatever uh podcast app you use to listen to this on so that the word can get out to more people um i thank you guys for tuning in and listening and i will talk to you guys again next time